You know they want staring point, you know we straight to the point Boy Chris with assist, fast breaks like a joint splitting half Boy J with the J, we throwing heat, no gas, that's a touchdown pass You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Now they hardly can guard me like Dirk fade away You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Yeah, you know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the straight to the Hemi76 bringing us into episode number 60 of Straight to the Point. My name is Chris Hero, my guy J-Dub. Yo, what's going on? Yo, I know we've been going for a little bit, but we got so much to talk about. The NFL free agency, NFL quarterback madness, and March Madness in the NCAA. So much to talk about. So many upsets. So many upsets. So little time. J-Dub, let's get started with the NFL free agency and big splashes being made. Across the NFL, the Giants signing Kenny Galladay, Juju going back to Pittsburgh. But what's the one signing you think has made the biggest impact so far in the NFL? Honestly, I would say the biggest impacts I've seen is probably what the Patriots have been doing, man. The Patriots, to me, have made – they're the biggest winners and losers so far in this free agency because I've never seen them spend so much money – Mm-hmm. In Bill Belichick's tenure as the Patriots GM, I think they said his past like decade, he's only spent around 130 million within that time span. Right. Just this season, he spent like just this free agency, he spent like close to 130 million. Right. He, I mean, he's making it work. He signed Jalen Mills to a big deal. He signed two of the high tier t- tight ends in Johnny mm-hmm. Smith and Henry Henry. He's brought in because now that Patrick Chung is retired, he's brought in more defensive linemen. He brought in. Kevin Bourne and Nelson Aguilar, he's building a roster to very, very well help not only bring back their defense, but help Cam Newton because that was the problem. He never had any weapons. Well, Cam's got, they're not the greatest weapons, but he's now got some reliable weapons if you include Edelman in the mix where Cam's always been a heavy tight end centric QB anyway, where that's his first read option anyway. When he first started making his progressions, that's his first option anyway. Right. And then you add on an Nelson Aguilar and a Kevin Bourne who both had the slot ability they could both play on the outside and they both have the route running. They can do it. You could you could make that work. And then Edelman's gonna be back as well. And that's your that's your inside slot guy anyway. Mm-hmm. If Edelman decides to come back and not go over to the Bucks, I think I think it's a good, those are great signings. I think they're also the losers a little bit because they lost Joe Thurney, who's arguably one of the best linemen. I'll just say linemen in the in the NFL right now, because right. this is a guy that's played over 2,000 snaps to never like to never miss a snap. Played right. over two that's only allowed, I think, about 15 pressures. Mm-hmm. And this guy can play both guard and tackle, which is something you don't really see a lot in the NFL anymore. Guys aren't only one positional right. lineman. He can do both. He can do it all. He went to the Chiefs. Yeah, and I think that's one of the most impactful signings so far because we saw how Mahomes got abused in the Super Bowl. You know, he did not look like the same guy. And obviously, when you give pressure to a quarterback, it usually alters the offense. And Kansas City looked lost in the Super Bowl. So I think that Tooney signing with the Chiefs is a very, very impactful signing. Another under-the-radar signing that I think a lot of people aren't realizing, Alex Mack, um, the longtime Atlanta Falcon lineman, going to the 49ers, pairing him up with Trent Williams getting re-signed. So the 49ers, the NFC West looks um, like look like a bomb squad, you know what I'm saying? Like you got the 49ers who are retooling, maybe looking for a new quarterback. Um, that offensive line looks stout. You got Arizona, J.J. Watt, you know, um, along with Kyler Murray, 
that offense looks, you know, that team looks crazy good right now. Um, the Rams, Stafford, you know, new quarterback. And, and then you look at Seattle, and we don't know whether or not Russell Wilson is going to be with that team for much longer. They, they supposedly is a draft day deadline for Russell Wilson to get dealt. Um, the likelihood of Russell Wilson getting dealt, I think, is minimized with Andy Dalton being signed with the Bears. He was supposedly told he was going to be the starter. But, you know, if, if the Bears threw everything, you know, threw some more supposedly at Seattle, I think that <laughs> Andy Dalton would be a capable backup again. Jared, what do you think about potentially the NFC West being the, the division to beat right now, like the best stack the division in football? I think right now you can't argue with the way the Cardinals have been acting. They've been kind of rebuilding this roster again. Like again, they bring in a lot of old head guys like JJ Watt. They bring him back AJ Green, and then again, these are the guys that you kind of want. It's going to be the retirement home if they don't end up, you know, going to a Super Bowl. But it's it's they're helping build Kyle Murray's franchise team up where he now has more weapons instead of just being D Hob and Isabella and uh, Kirk. And then you look at other teams like San Francisco. I don't know if they do decide they're going to go with the quarterback route, but they still have great pieces there. Right. I think they're going to re-sign most of their defense, if not almost all of it. Mm-hmm. And then I think the only problem you're really looking at is what are the Seahawks going to do with Russell Wilson and how well will the Rams really fare? Mm-hmm. Because I don't know what I don't know how the Rams look without Jared Goff. I think with Matt Stafford. If you put Stafford think, on that on that in that offense, man, Stafford can throw the ball. Yeah, see, but the only thing is, I'm not a fan of their receivers as much as everybody else is. Like, I'm, I, I like Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, but these aren't guys that I, I think are going to, like, break the ceiling off of when it comes to playing certain formidable teams. Like, these are guys that I've seen get held to under 50 yards in certain, in certain games when it, when, it, when it matters, too. But can you say that there's a flip side to that? Because in, in games like that, they always seem to make a way to win. You know, if Cup isn't getting the ball, Woods is getting the ball. They're using Woods as, as a runner. Too, they use Woods on special teams as well. They have different ways to beat you, and I think that's the the hallmark of a good, well coached team is that okay, when my first plan of attack isn't working, I can pivot and beat you this way. And I think that Los Angeles Rams are able to do that. Now, whether or not they're able to do that going forward with a team like Seattle, who who says they're they're done retooling, we don't know. Arizona has definitely made some moves. They could be possibly adding a Dory Jackson as well. So, you know, you have an opportunity where, see, uh, Arizona could be the third best team in their division, but could still be the sixth best team in the conference. You know, like that's – especially I, if we think that New Orleans is going to fall back without Drew Brees. I don't think so, but I don't I, I don't know. You look at, what, you look you at know, the notable additions that the, what the Rams lost. John Johnson to the Browns, that's huge. John Johnson was a notable subtraction. Notable subtraction. Thank you. He's very good safety. He went to the Browns and got a very good deal with them. But that's that was one of their figureheads for that defense. They lost Samson Ibukam to the 49ers in the same division. And he was a very good outside linebacker for them. They lost Troy Hill, which is their cornerback to the Browns. Like the Browns have just been swooping up when it comes to what the what the Rams have on the defensive end. And then they lose Gerald Everett. To the Seahawks, the tight end, and I, again, I think that's probably like the, the last one that you mentioned. That, hey, that was a, a notable subtraction, but he was a guy that when when it came to it, he was the tight end that really got to it. He, he mattered. He, he was the best tight end at the time. So I, I don't know. I, I think 
if we're going in the order right now, I would say definitely Cardinals as my lead because you don't know what's going on with the Seahawks. Then it'd be Seahawks and then 49ers. And I think the Rams be at the bottom right now of this division. Whoa, what? How are the Rams the worst team in this division right now? Because I don't – I how would, how, would, how are the 49ers better than the Rams right now at this, at this moment? Like, yeah, Mac is good. Trent Williams is a Hall of Famer. What else do you see that makes them better than the Rams? Bringing in Samson Ibukam to that already stacked D-line was – Come on good. now. They Come still have now. a – I still think they got good receivers because you got to think, if they could keep Debo and George Kittle healthy, they got the, they have it there. They still have the great running back room. Who's their quarterback? Def- huh? Huh? I mean, they got Jimmy Grappolo, Jimmy G to go. Jimmy G to go. Come on now. You know, you on Jimmy it was, G. It never, was cute. Took, it was cute two years. He just took them to a Super Bowl. No, he got taken to the Super Bowl. You want to wow. talk about people getting carried? They carried Jimmy G to the bowl, man. Stop it. Wow. When, when are we going to get off this love affair with Jimmy G? All right? Because uh, if they, Jimmy G was any, anybody else, they'd be talking about he overrated, he can't do it, he an average quarterback. Because Jimmy G has not really, you know, like, when does Jimmy G really put a big stamp on that team? He's not healthy. And, like, he's never healthy. He's never there. He has, he doesn't win, like, when did he win a big game? When they beat Green Bay to go to the Super Bowl, that defense won that game. 49ers, all, he handed the ball off 40 times. Come on now, stop it. <laughs> now, if they got a, a – Oh, no. Now, let's say they get a I better quarterback. 49 is still better. Then I think that puts them up there again. If they get a better quarterback, all right, a conversation could be had, but they're the worst team in that division. Who knows? We'll have to say. But I think right now it, it's a toss-up between 49ers and Rams, even with the to, Seahawks. To you, no. not to, to no, anybody no, no. with think, a brain. Anybody else, it's the same thing. Tripping. It's tripping. I just t- I just told you why it's not a toss up. No, 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 no. I think I think you're t- you're trying to convince yourself why it's not you're a tripping badly. You're talking about Jimmy G the goat. You know who likes Jimmy G the goat? Your boy Belichick. Now I don't know what he got. You know I know he he'll, took it personally. He's he a Cam Newton fan now. He's a Cam Newton fan. Now. And Cam is a, is a Bill fan. I don't know. I never heard anyone talk about uh, Belichick like that. Like he like he gushes about Belichick. And I see. I started to to peep underneath the the hoodie. In the mean face, there was a real one there. There had to have been, because you, you know, you don't win, you don't win eight bowls by being any bull. Look at Tom Brady; he got seven bowls. He still got to chase Bill. Now, I'm just saying. Moving uh, on. Okay. Okay. What? Okay. 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 Slander. I'm, I'm not slandering nobody. I'm just saying the greatest individual winner of all time is still chasing the greatest individual coach of all time. I'm just saying. I hear what you're saying. Moving on to someone we touched about touched about a little bit in the whole quarterback thing. That Prescott, your boy, low-key, got paid, got his money. Jared, talk to me about what this means for the Cowboys, um, a team that we don't think is, is a couple pieces away from a Super Bowl run. But, you know, some people delusionally think that they're just a couple of pieces away from being a elite team in the NFC. Talk to me a little bit. Talk to me. I don't know what they see. And I don't think this team has gotten any much better just because they locked in Dak Prescott to a long-term deal. I love the deal, though. $42 million a year, mm-hmm. three seasons with $75 million. I think he gets 66 signing bonus, which is his guarantee money, making him, what, second behind Patrick Mahomes and – most money for quarterbacks when it comes to the longevity and long-term deals. But 
I, I think he earned his money. I, I, again, we've already mentioned it numerous, numerous times. Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. He's just not great. Now, is he, you know, we use the term great in that division. Well, yeah, in that division, he's a great QB because, all right, well, any better quarterbacks than him in that division? Look at the end of the East. I, I can't name one. I don't know if you can, if you could, if you really want to try to, but I can't name oh. a better quarterback than him. Than that? Than that in the NFC East. I, I can't name I can't. One. I can't. So, he, again, if we, right if we put the term great in that sense, then, yeah, he's a great QB in the NFC East, period. That's it. There's no, that's it. So, okay, I think it was a good deal, but only thing I think this deal did for the Cowboys is finally get rid of that that, that what stigma, if. that what if, that, that stigma, if. that monkey on their back that's like, oh, man, we, we still got to worry about Dak thing. Teammates are thinking, is Dak going to stay? What's going to happen? Right. Uh, right. Fans, it's like that. You finally got rid of that cloud. And now you're going into the season fresh. We're like, oh, we got Dax here. We'll stay. Right. Dax healthy. He's going to come back healthy. So now you just worry about the other things. You're worried about free agency. You're worried about the draft. You're worried about what, how do you become a better football team with a new mm-hmm. defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, who I already think is a very better addition than Mike Nolan. Here's the thing about the Cowboys in the NFC East. The NFC East is tighter than people think. It's trash, but this, this it, not, I guess it's, 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 wide it's not quite trash. It's average. They've gotten better. But it's not the NFC West. Like the it's NFC the Washington West. Football Division's team division to lose this year. The Washington Football Team's division to lose. Uh, I, I wouldn't go. So, I think it's. I the, think they have honestly, a better roster than Dallas. It's the Cowboys. It's the Cowboys' division to lose based on their offense. However, I mean, look at what however, they were saying. Look at Dallas when Dak was healthy last season. They were what a one and three team. Yeah, but they were putting up fifty points a game. Their defense was giving up a hundred, but they was their up defense 40. hasn't gotten better. But here's the they problem. lost here's, two players. Here's the the thing. If they if they draft certain. Which a lot of people I, I, say they could. That'd be a good move. That would be a good move. You add a couple pieces, you still have Tang Lawrence. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's pieces there. You look at the Giants, they add Kenny Galladay. You put a, 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 a versatile receiver on that offense. Daniel Jones looks, looks good. He can move. You know, he still has the bugaboo sometimes where he does some dumb stuff. But, you know, you give them weapons, and that's how you build a young quarterback, <clears throat> Howie Roseman. You give them weapons, you let them grow, and then you you see what you got. If the, if it don't work, you didn't gave your best effort to everyone involved. Look at the Washington football team. Um, they go out and they go get Fitzpatrick. I mean, Fitzmagic. You telling me that Fitzmagic can't get eight wins? If, if Taylor Heineke – Taylor Heineke was very close – to beating Tampa Bay in this playoffs. Not even just bit, that, though. You got to think they added, goals. what, William Jackson, cornerback, and go get William Samuel? Jackson. They go get Curtis Samuel. I like it. I like that. That's upgrade. You know what team hasn't upgraded? Your Philadelphia Eagles have not upgraded. We brought in, we brought in Anthony Harris. We, we, brought in, we brought in a nice veteran piece. I understand that, and that's great. You know, Ke- Keanu <laughs> Neal, which the uh, Dallas Cowboys did just recently sign as we're talking, but it's, it's a good, it's a good safety look, look, But look what I'm saying. I get it. Their their hands are a little tied, but if you kind of want to be optimistic, they have the sixth pick in the draft. They could easily have Chase Pitts, uh, Trey Smith. Lance. Don't don't forget we have Howie Roseman's GM. The quarterback will be there. They could trade back and get more pieces. You never. You can talk, draft a QB. Now. That's I, what I, the I've talks heard are. I heard rumors now that New England wants to go to six. Eagles will take the fifteenth pick and two. Of their two first round pick, two second round picks for pick number six. So basically, it will pick swap, get huh. two, and get that'll stop us from getting a QB. I, I wouldn't be mad at it at this point. I wouldn't be mad. The Eagles need young talent. 
We need receivers, and they, they continuously need, here's, put here's the QB problem. in the conversation. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. How many times do you keep drafting receivers, drafting receivers, drafting receivers? You have to let them grow a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like I get it. You got, but like if you really want to be optimistic, John Hightower was burning dudes on the. He just would drop the ball. Right? And he doesn't. He has no route running ability right now. But he could. He could. He could go. But then again, John Run. Hightower was a late draft. You know what I'm saying? To but JJ Ortega Whiteside in the second round. Ah, da, 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 da. ah, don't mention that name around me. But here's the thing. You got to give these guys the opportunity to develop and grow. They need to get another running back. Now, I, I want them to get that. You can, I, want, I want to go after James Conner in the free agency if you can. Get him on the uh, I wouldn't. I would stay away from big free agent signings. I don't think he's big. He had a trash down here with the Steelers. But you, but you his run game was non-existent. But, but you can go draft a James Conner. Like, you don't really need Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, you can. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think you can they need a one-two someone. punch. They need a one-two punch. They right. got to stop trying to get these speed running backs to go behind Miles Sanders. It's not helping us. And the thing is, they need a big bruising back. However, in a perfect world, if I got Najee Harris from Alabama, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That's the stud yeah. right there. That's you know a, what I'm saying? That's a young, that's a young gutter right that's there. That's a perfect in a perfect world. But that's, you know, that's 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 you. you that's Miles Sanders fighting for a lead back role. You, you, you don't you need to fight. Miami. We got plenty. We got plenty of ball to go around. Pause. We got plenty of football to go around. But you know what I'm saying? Like you gotta. You gotta implement. You gotta uplift these young pieces. I want Jordan Malata to play in left tackle, as he should. As I want. He should. I want Sayamalu playing left guard. I want Kelsey. You know, if this is the last year, I want him playing my center position. Brandon Books in my right guard. Lane Johnson in my my right tackle. That's not a. That's you, a good line. That's saying, not a bad O line. That's, that's a now, good line. Like I'm saying, if you really want to be optimistic, you're in it. Like you're never out of it in the NFC. I'm just saying, if we can get an Adore Jackson free agency, who's the only, that's I've been telling everybody that's the sign now, one for the Eagles. You bring him I'm, in. If man. I'm the Eagles, if I'm the Eagles, and I have the opportunity to get a Chase Smith, Pitts, Sertan, I'm getting him. For the only, I need one of those four players. Don't give me such and such project pick. I don't want none of that. Give me a give me a contributor right now. I think Rager can be a solid NFL a wide receiver. I think Jalen Hurts could be a good quarterback. But you need to surround your offense with weapons. I would say go get a. I would go. I would go get a veteran linebacker. Put him right next to Alex Singleton. You know, I, I know Jannard uh, Avery is going to be playing linebacker. You need to have a good linebacker core. That's something the Eagles haven't had. The Eagles' best linebacker, you know, they haven't had a good linebacker since Jeremiah Trotter. You know what I'm saying? Like, they need a force in the middle. You got pieces. They need to let these pieces develop. That's all I'm saying. They're not out of it. But if you look at the AFC, your, your boy Carson, I don't know how everybody's your boy. I don't know how we talk about all your favorites today. But Carson Wentz is now an official, officially Indianapolis Colt. Um, Jared, talk to me about Wentz as a Colt and and we'll transition from the Colts back to Houston to talk about the Sean Watson. I mean, Carson Wentz, he's a Colt now. He did what he, he, did what he had to do. He said he got out. Uh, Holly Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie came out and said it was uh, Carson Wentz said it's time for them to part ways and that it looked like the situation wasn't going to be working out anymore. And then they tried to, they wanted to get the best available that they could for Carson Wentz, which I said was going to happen. Where's it getting more than a third, you know, 
and a one for Carson. We we luckily got a one. I think it's a one. Everybody keeps saying it's a, it's a two that could become a one. No, it's a one. If Carson Wentz is under Frank Wright, I think they have a very good team still. That Colts team, even if he's not the best QB, that defense is formidable. Yeah. They just re-signed Xavier Rhodes. I think they can go back to the playoffs. They go back to the playoffs automatically as the number one pick because I think Carson Wentz is going to be a starting QB the whole time. Yeah, yeah so, Darius Leonard definitely is a, is a big piece of their defense. Um, they, the Colts have a great O line. Um, they have a great running back core with Marlon Mack, Jonathan Taylor. They have the pieces. You know, they have the pieces. They have the coach that believes in the quarterback. Let's see if the quarterback will thrive. I think Carson Wentz is going to have a good year. I just wish he took more accountability. During his presser, he talked about how you, you, don't, you don't learn how to make everybody happy. And then he was just like, it's unfortunate. People have their own opinions. A lot of things that we can't predict and stuff like that. And he was talking about how uh, it wasn't fun for him. It's not fun when things are not going your way. As a man, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and learn from it and become a better man, a better player. It wasn't fun. It was difficult, but I did everything I could to be supportive of Jalen Hurts and my teammates. That but is what makes me mad. You started off so well, and then whenever a person says but, that's when an excuse comes in. You sound like Max. Like Max oh, Jones. my fault. But it was I was watching the press, like, and I'm just like, dude, what are you talking about? What do you want him to say? I, I just want you. What you I want want you, to say? I lost I my spot. I, I didn't want to root for the guy because he's doing my job. I want to be doing. No, that just say it wasn't fun. It was difficult, but I did everything I could. Period. That's but, it. Just period. There's, there's no but. There. There's no. No. You, no, you no. just said but. Oh, okay. Just, or, or to say it wasn't fun. No. It was difficult. I did everything I could. Period. No but. Just I did everything I could. Period. Because you did. You did everything you could. And your jail hurts to get job because you weren't doing your job good. Everything you did that you said I did everything I could, it was bad. Like I have no uh-huh. offense to you, but it was bad. Like it was But that's good. the it that's the bad. that's the that's the crux of everything. Like if you don't do your job well, how many times have I said this? If you don't do your job well, you don't have a job. Period. You need and to be then, able, you need to be able to perform your job to the best of your ability at all times. If you're not doing that, then we need to get somebody here who can do their job. I won't pick a size like Max was saying how it was Wednesday that week, the whole Carson Wentz was a trade thing. I wouldn't put it past High Roseman a week that. Again, I wouldn't put it past High Roseman a week that. Oh, Howie's leaking this, man. Like, I wouldn't put it past. I, they, they, they're trying to pin that on Carson. I wouldn't put it past Howie and Jeffrey Lloyd a week that the day Jalen Hurts is starting to create this controversy that Wentz went out. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past but Here's him. the thing. But I also wouldn't put it past Wentz's agents to leak that as well because here's, it's possible here, in the Eagles organization. But think about it, all right? When people say like, "Oh yeah, how uh, Wentz probably leaked it," who said that, who leaked the stuff about Doug, Doug and how we going at it, Doug and how we going at it, right? And then it was Doug and Carson going at it, and then it was Carson and how we going at it. it. It's always Howie. It's always one person. Howie's the only one left. He needs to fix the mess, or he needs to step aside. So. Period. I and think Carson Wentz is going to be good, though. If he has a bad draft this year, they need I think to. that's that's it's got to be you got to be going after that. What you won't be, but got cut them ties, man. It's got to be going after that. But again, this is a Jeffrey Lurie run team. You could tell he, he this his imprint is in this organization. He he mm. continues to try and even if he won't say it, he 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 knows what he wants to be as the GM slash owner of this team. Yeah. And he lets he he gives Howie too much free reign. It's, it's coming to bite us in the butt. But again, anything's possible. I think the Carson Wentz trade was good for Carson. You go to a a coach, go to a coach that's really gonna help revitalize you and bring you back. Frank Wright can do that. He's played great football under Frank Wright, and I, I'm happy to see him go to a team where you're not regulated to mediocrity. There's a star Hall of Fame talent on that coach team. Like, that's what it is. And I think he's going to be very good. And he's going to re-showcase to the world how good he is. He's only 28 years old. He yeah. still has a lot of potential, a lot of growth in front of him. And in quarterback's terms, 
He's not even hitting his prime yet. Technically speaking, as a quarterback, you don't hit your prime until you're about like 29, 30 as a QB, or and where most other ages in, in uh, NFL or other players, you're starting to regress when you turn 28, 29, 20, 30, and stuff like that. QBs start hitting their peak. They're, they're at the height of their performance at that age. So I think he has. I think he has a lot of a room for growth, and I think he's going to be great there. So we'll just see how it goes. Okay. And you already asked the question earlier. The Deshaun Watson thing, it's, it's time for him to pack it up. <laughs> I just, I don't, I'm not going to, we're not going to say anything about the, the allegations. No, I don't think we want to touch on that. We don't need to touch on that. I don't want to touch, because I have my own opinion, and I don't really want to get into that. This situation is unattainable. Let's just speak, let's just speak football speaking. When David Cully went on on, on the, in the media and said, oh, Deshaun Watson's our quarterback for now, and we would love to have him for now, and, you know, if Deshaun Watson wants to be here, what kind of precedent does that set? If you go to the locker room, you're not going to, like, guys are looking like, okay, he don't want to be here, let him go. Right? That's Next man should be. Who, if Houston drafts a quarterback, what does that say? Right? So now you want to be now is is a game of like who's going to budge first? Well, Deshaun Watson already said I will not I will not play. And now all of a sudden there's 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 smoke there's everything there's all these allegations. And I just want to say no no we're, we're circling back again, but I don't think these allegations are going to hinder teams' interest or gauge their interest in him. I think he, he's that sought out of a talent that teams are still going to continue to make calls. So. Hopefully this impending case, everything goes his way, or the truth ends up coming out to the yeah. light. I want but the truth to come out. You, you find out as soon as, even after this news, you, you hear that the Eagles were willing, Holly Rose was willing to give up everything. He asked for Watson. You talk about, you hear about the Bears are willing to still make this move, even though they signed Andy Dalton. I don't To be the know. starter. To be the starter. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Um, I think signing Tyrod Taylor was the, the string that said, yo, they, they're, they're going to make this trade soon or at least towards draft, they're going to make this trade. I think the Dolphins are still in contention to make this trade. Again, me personally, I, I don't know about the Eagles because I'm a fan of the Eagles, but I think the Panthers are still one of the best spots you can go to. Even without with the loss of Curtis Samuel, I think they still have that good of an offense and that they're building that team up. Well, I, I really just like to see him on the Panthers. That's, I, I think that's the best spot for him. I think they can give up enough for him to make that move, to make that a, a very successful trade for both teams. And I think that if he wants to go there, that's where I would go. I, again, I know he has the Jets or 49ers list, but we already talked about it earlier in this podcast. If Deshaun Watson goes to the 49ers, I think they're the, arguably the best team in that division. I, they, they're going to really just be competing with the Cardinals at this point. Because I think if Deshaun Watson touches that division, I think that's Russell Wilson saying that's his time. It's about the door, too. Then I think that's just going to start the whole domino effect. But I think pretty soon, either during the draft, after the draft, that's when we're going to find out what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. And Wherever he goes now, it's just going to be, I think, a, a better spot than he's at now because the dysfunction in the Texas organization is still very much at large. Anything's a better spot than that. Anything. He could he could go play for Palumbo football at the Super Site, and that's a better <laughs> situation than where he's at right now. Like, come on now, stop. Texans, they need to stop playing with this and just trade the man. Let him trade him to the Jets. Trade him to the uh, uh, to the to the Bears. Trade them wherever, and let and let's end this. You know you going you going take this into the season. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Speaking of things that's not making any sense, let's let's uh, transition over to the March Madness bracket and talk uh, about yeah. some of these some of these upsets that's not really looking too good for my bracket. Ohio State, which 
busted a lot of people's brackets, losing to Oral Roberts. Uh, Jared, talk to me about what your bracket is looking like and, and some of the upsets that's been going on. Well, no, and you know me, I make a lot of brackets for no apparent reason. Five of them are torched because of the Oral Roberts decided this was the year they were going to win a first round um, game against the Buckeyes since 1974. This is the first time they won when they were known as the Titans. This is the first time they won since 1974. 75-72. Did not predict that at all. Did not know Ohio State can fold in two separate sports this season. Did not know. Costing me, costing me money in two separate sports. Could not have predicted it. I knew they were going to lose to Alabama, but could not have predicted they would lose to the Oral Roberts in the first round. I thought they were going to be a Sweet 16 team and Gonzo, goodbye. But that's, that's how the cookie crumbles. Um, I think it was a very good game, though. Like, mind you, I did bet the spread on the Oral Roberts, and then, you know, they won, so it covered. But, man, that was just such a back-and-forth game. I think Mac Amos had 29 points that game, shooting like 10 for 24, mm-hmm. 5 for 10 from the 3, and it was just like a very good game. I was just not upset. Like, th- those are the games you want to see in the March Madness, especially with this tournament being, like, COVID-centric, where right now Oregon's already moving up because of VCU – having a positive COVID test that takes them out. I think this is where the time where a lot of upsets are going to happen because there's the preparations different for each team where some teams have had these little COVID scares where they have to be placed into quarantine. Other teams have had more time to practice. Other teams have had more time to get their mindset and their mental state right. And I think that's what's helping some of these teams as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I think another upset that I was just like, man, when um, I was at Purdue got upset. Yeah, I was like, definitely. what? I was like, oh my lord! Like, what? What? What are we doing? Killed, killed another one of my brackets. And mind you, it, it, was, it was in the same bracket as um, as um, 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 the Ohio State. But I'm just like, dude, like this is crazy. I thought Purdue was a shoo-in after to play against North Texas and win, and then I would see Purdue possibly beat Villanova. That was like how my predictions were gonna go because I didn't. I knew Villanova was going to beat uh, Witherpool. I, I, I knew that. I, I, everybody was telling me, no, Villanova's not winning that game. I'm like, Villanova beat Withrow. 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 And I'm you, like, did you say Liverpool? No, I said, with, I don't know. I tongue tied, whatever. I, I, everybody was like, they're going to lose. I'm like, y'all, y'all confused. Villanova's coached by Jay Wright. There's no way they're going to lose this game. Even though we do, well, we did lose Gillespie and he's now, we're going to see how they can continue to carry this. But I think, Against North Texas, I think you have a better shot of beating North Texas if you're Villanova than you did against Purdue. Honestly, I had Villanova once with Final Four. Ooh, that's big talk. Here, I don't know. Losing Colin Gillespie hurt us. Yeah, he really did. Gillespie, but you have to, I've realized, I, I think that the power of Jay Wright, and, and like I said, they can't really practice, but they have a, a, a coach who's been there, who's won it all. I think that that coaching is really going to be very important in this, in this Final Four. Um, I my bracket, uh, I have Villanova in the Final Four, Villanova, Houston, USC, and Florida State. Um, and I have I have Florida State and Houston in the national championship game, and I have Houston winning the national championship. I know what you're thinking, like Houston of all teams. Yes, let me tell you why, because I think co- I think coaching is going to matter. Calvin Sampson is one of the better, best coaches in the country. Houston is very underrated. They can beat you in, in 
they can beat you in so many different ways on offense, and they smother people on defense. Their biggest test is going to be Florida State because Florida State has incredible bigs. They're also well coached. It's going to be a great game, but I just think that that Houston's guard play and their ability to beat you in multiple different ways, along with smothering you on defense, makes them the best. Makes them not only the best team in the country, one of the most underrated teams in the country. And I, I think they're going to be. I think they're going to shock a lot of people. A team that I did think was going to shock but didn't was um, Saint Bonaventure. I thought they were going to end up beating LSU, and they proved me considerably wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I, I had them because I was like, St. Bonaventure, they've been playing great basketball, shooting the lights out of it. And I'm like, man, they can really upset here. No, nope. it was like, LSU was like, no, not, no, not going to happen, Jared. You, 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 you waste the time with this one. I was like, I can see that. I really said, I looked at it. I was like, yeah, I can see that. As I was watching the game, mm-hmm. um, Iona had a better game than I thought against Alabama. Alabama, I, I think Definitely. they started the first half shooting 0 for 10. I'm like, what is going on? And again, that's what if you're an Alabama fan or you're just you, you have your brackets having set for Alabama to make the final four, mm-hmm. you're gonna be battle tested when you get out of this because this team is the most streakiest shooting team I've ever seen. They hit about 11 threes a game, yeah. but the fact that they take like 30 to they hit this 11 take. is so crazy because they're such inefficient shooting. But they have guys that shoot up like upwards of 40% from the three-point line, which is like is baffling, but that's because they shoot so many. Like, I think John Petty is one of their better shooters. This kid will go three from 11 from the three-point line and continue to pull the trigger. He going to pull. He's NBA ready. <laughs> That's all I said. He's yes. NBA ready. Like, like, we get away from the little analytics side of her, baby. He's NBA ready. If you, you shoot a three from 11 in college, just thinking, I got the green light already. Mm-hmm. He, he's ready to go into the world and say, I'm continuous cat will pull. He's ready. Because there's no way – I think any college coach let you shoot three for eleven for the three point line. Just continue to say, "Yo, keep pulling." No way. And he's a good basketball player. I think Alabama has a very good defense this year, and I think that's another reason why you could consider seeing them in the Final Four matchups alone. And then just the way they play defense, they really lock in. They held Iona to fifty-five points, even though I didn't think Iona was going to put up like have that good of a first half anyway. They were able to hold them under sixty, as most of they've done all season for most teams. So again, it's a very good game. Michigan dominated Texas Southern. Like, there's a certain match that you just knew. You knew was going to happen. Yeah. Um, US, UCSB, though, had a very, very close game to create. Mm-hmm. It was a 63-62 game. That was another upset that we could I, I potentially have seen. Um, I forgot who is he, the point guard for USCB. Everybody talks about him so much. He's like, there he is. He's so good. Mobley's so good. Again, and Mobley's no. one of their bigs. Like he, he can bring the ball up the court and everything. But he's one of their bigs, and they run their offense through him. U.S. Yeah. has seen a lot of – they're very streaky, and they're, they're inconsistent to the point of, like, they make you mad because you see the potential and you see what they, they're able to do, but they don't put it together all the time. Um, a team like Colorado, I would – if I'm USC, I do not want to see Colorado in the same – you know, um, they're in that same region. Like, if you're USC, and I have USC going to the Final Four because I think that they're – And mind you, Mobile only had, what, 17 today, right? Right. But they I think, score I that think, much. I think that their ability – like I said, their ability to be a consistent team is the only thing that's hindering them um, because they don't put it together for all 40 minutes. Like, they have great stretches where they, they can battle and they're, they, can, they can rock people. But then they also have moments where they don't fight back, and it's a maddening thing. And if you're a team that's – if you're a team like USC, you're playing a dangerous game because you can get caught easy. 
slipping. And a team like, you know, a team, especially in this tournament where it's one and done, you get caught slipping, it's a wrap. Yeah, I think it's gonna, the tournament's gonna be very good. I think we'll see some surprises. I think right now, if I was to guarantee anything, I would say I can see Gonzaga going Final Four. The way they're playing, I can see Gonzaga going Final Four. I don't know if they win it, but the way they just continue to dominate, depending on how they play tonight, I can see them going to the Final Four because that's how dominant they've been as a team. I have Gonzaga losing the Sweet 16. Oh my Lord, you you going bold. Because you got them choking I, like the Carnegie Town Kentucky team. How many times do we have the same conversation about Gonzaga? They get to oh, the man. tournament, they look great, and then they lose because they don't play anybody. Like I get it, they 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 amped up some of their non-conference games, but they play they play in a cupcake division, a cupcake conference. They don't play anybody, they don't get tested. They get into the tournament. You know, some things don't start don't you know don't go their way. They start getting rattled, and all of a sudden. They they losing, you know what I'm saying. So uh, if I'm a if I'm Gonzaga, I have to be very wary of, you know, do I come in and have the same story over? How many times have I said the same story over and over and over and over again? I have them losing when I thought I'm a break. I have them losing to Virginia in the in the Sweet Sixteen. Mm. So I have mm. Virginia, USC in the Elite Eight, Florida State, Alabama in the Elite Eight. I have Florida State, USC in the final four and then Florida State winning that game and going to the national championship. Well, we're going to have to see. My bracket's been busted. So we'll, we'll just find out now. I'm just here for the for the fan base, for the culture, the fun of it. I'm, yeah, I'm, it's definitely. I'm just here to see if you could not watch, wins this You could not me. watch college basketball all year. You get to the tournament and you're a fan because it's nonstop action. And it's just, it's, it's the best teams in the country battling it out to see who's going to be the best team in the country. So, anything else we need to add before we wrap it up? No, that was it. I this think is that a good was, one. I think this is a good one. Good, good quick hitter. Um, oh, speaking of quick hitters, baseball season coming back soon. Can't wait. Right, ready to see the Phillies uh, potentially do something this season. Yeah, no. Ready to see this, the Phillies disappoint me again. <laughs> <laughs> so, Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Straight to the Point. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Like what you hear, also tell a friend to tell a friend to tune in to the next episode coming up soon to a earphone near you. Straight to the Point is available on all favorite socials. That's at STTP Podcast. Make sure you follow me at underscore Chris Cross. Follow me at underscore JW Hughes. As Chris mentioned, the podcast is rising and growing. We have 497 followers. We're three more away from that 500 mark. We said 500 by the there. summer. We, we said, said 500, 500 by the summer. So help it's, us get it's there. Starting to, it's we starting to be there. that time. It's starting to be that time where, you know, sun going down later. Starting to get warmer. Straight to the point is on Instagram. You got to make sure you follow them. 500 is attainable. Make sure that you follow us wherever your social medias may lie. Um, yeah, straight to the point. You're straight to the point.